Hi, welcome to our podcast, Art Will Power Life. My name is Anna. And my name is Simon. Hi, Simon. Hi, Anna. And today we are going to talk about how every story is the same or the hero's journey. And I have actually done some research, but I will just give over to you, Simon. And my first question is, in your own words, what is hero's journey? So the hero's journey is um, a framework or a story template for writing your own stories. The basic idea is that you, you know, you have a hero who's in a place of comfort. He lives at home or, you know, he's just vibing and he's forced to leave that place of comfort either because of a threat or because like something that comes from inside him. So he goes through a bunch of trials and learns about himself. And when he comes back <laughs> to his place of comfort, he's changed. He's changed in a fundamental way. And you can find this pattern in like almost every story. For example, when Star Wars was written, George Lucas wasn't aware of the hero's journey. But after writing the first draft, he was made aware of it. And he was shocked how similar the structure of his story was uh, to the pattern of the hero's journey. And I thought that was very interesting because... I don't know if uh, that's just a natural way we humans like to tell stories or if that's, you know, uh, because he was watching stories all his life, this way of storytelling maybe was ingrained in his mind. But either way, I think the hero's journey is an important tool to have for any writer. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. That's a very good reason. And actually, I was just thinking about it because George Lucas, right? Yes. He didn't have that thought process, but he somehow ended up with a hero's journey. Yeah. With a the hero's journey. And could it be that it's because of fairy tales, like like children's stories that we have been told? Yeah, uh, that's possible. I know that the hero's journey has been around for a really long time. So I think it has also been used by writers for a very long time. So it's entirely possible that the stories that we all read as children or were read to as children are based on this uh, myth, the structure. So that's just how we know how to express our stories. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, second question? Yeah. Okay. So when you Google it, which I did, obviously, mm -hmm. to prepare for this, there are different questions coming up, like what are the 12 stages of Hero's Journey or five basic stages or main parts? And can you explain what's up with, with that? I mean, I have seen the graphic with like the 12 steps and yeah. stuff, but mm -hmm. you know. It doesn't explain that much. It's just basically a clock, um, this graphic that you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. The hero's journey is dividable into three parts. Departure, initiation and return. And uh -huh. each one of these parts contains a number of steps. You know, the hero's journey has been around for a long time. So obviously different people have come up with different names for the steps. So even uh, different uh, numbers of steps for each part. And there's one very popular um, version, which is 
characterized by Joseph Campbell, who wrote a book called A Hero with a Thousand Faces. And that book analyzed and compared religious myths. And that's uh, that was what made the whole hero's journey really popular. Oh. And in this version of A Hero's Journey, the three parts are split up into 17 stages. And that's the version I'm most familiar with. There are other interpretations. For example, the clock you saw, maybe on the Wikipedia page, each hour corresponds to one step of a hero's journey, as it was described by Christopher Vogler in 2007. So we have 12 steps. And uh -huh. the upper part of the, of the you know, clock of a circle, that's what's described as the ordinary world of the hero. And the lower part is described as the special world where the character goes through changes and that's where the main part of the adventure really takes place. All right. I will stop you right here because I don't want to know the 12 stages just yet because okay. I have another question in which you can explain that okay. to me. So let me interrupt this for a second. Hi, it's me. Um, so at around here, we will start talking about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the movie and the books. So if you have not seen or read those beautiful pieces of information <laughs> please skip this part i will put the times in the description thank you so much i'm off again all righty so um we're getting to that question right now actually i don't know about many movies you like but i know that we bonded about uh, hitchhiker's guide yeah. to the galaxy because it's amazing And It is amazing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, can you explain if that movie is a hero's journey? And can you explain why you think it's, it is or it it's, isn't? It's a hero's journey as fuck because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can we can we swear? Is this okay? Did, we never talked about it. I will just that. record someone um, saying flip or something like very emotionlessly and every time someone swears i will just put it over <laughs> okay that's fine that's fine uh, yeah I, i was really surprised how well the, the hero's journey was represented in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy like i almost had no problems just mapping each of the story elements and i obviously had to read a story recap because i haven't read the books in a long time uh, maybe there's maybe i should because they're great as we said but um You know, the first step in the hero's journey is called the ordinary world. And in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, we have Arthur Dent living peacefully in his house, uh, drinking tea and basically just vibing. Right, right. I remember that vividly. <laughs> I love it. The second step is called the call to adventure. And that's <laughs> when he learns that his, when Arthur Dent learns that his house is going to be destroyed um, to make room for a... I think it was a highway. Um, yeah, I think so. Which, you know, that's a metaphor for his other home, the planet Earth getting destroyed later on. And yeah. that's what motivates the start of the adventure. Step three is the refusal of the call, which obviously Arthur Dent refuses to leave his home because he doesn't want it to get destroyed. But He does the move and stuff? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But then, you know, his friend Ford Prefect comes around and tells him that it really doesn't matter what happens to his house for reasons that will be described later. And they go to a pub. And that ties in with um, step four, meeting the mentor. Obviously, Ford Prefect becomes, takes on the role 
of his mentor. He reveals that he's an alien. And yeah. <laughs> that was like the biggest plot twist when I first watched that <laughs> movie, by the way. Yeah. I loved Ford Prefect. <laughs> yeah, he's amazing. I really love him. He's the funnest, almost the second funnest character in the book. Uh, yeah. Who, who's the funnest one, Seyford. in your opinion? Seyford. Is it Safford? 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 I think Safford. Biblibrox. You know him. You love him. Two-headed girl, boy, person. The, 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 the person in the, in the spaceship? Yes, yes, who stole the Heart of Gold. All right, all right. Yeah, I'm bad with names, but yeah, <laughs> I, I did love it's him. It's fine. Yeah, he's great. Uh, yeah, so now we are at step five, which is called crossing the threshold. And uh -huh. that's obviously when Earth gets destroyed and Ford and Arthur escape into a Vogan spacecraft. And I think it's very fitting how it's laid out because normally step five is... The point where the hero can't go back to his old life anymore, which uh, mm -hmm. is really, you know, Earth is gone. So literally, he, literally, he, he can't. He can't come home. <laughs> Not his to his house. Old nor life to is his gone. planet. <laughs> right, right. Um, so now you remember I mentioned that the upper half of the story circle is called ordinary world, and the lower half is called the special world. Well, now we enter the special world, which we makes definitely sense. do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With a little fish inside the ear. <laughs> Good old fish inside the ear. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so now we have step six, which is called Tests, Allies, Enemies. And that's when Arthur learns about the Vogons and, you know, has to survive on their ship. And then, you know, later on he meets Trisha, Seyford and Marvin, which I know you love Marvin. <laughs> So, I do. Yeah, everyone loves Marvin. Everyone loves except Marvin. Marvin hates Marvin probably. Honestly, that makes me like him a little less because everyone who doesn't like people that I like, you know, <laughs> I, get I just it. don't like I them. Get it, yeah, get it together, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we have um, after that we have step seven, which is approach to the inmost cave, which sounds very you know mythical. And that's when the group travels to Magratea, the planet that's designed to uh, make other planets for the super rich in the galaxy. We have step eight, which is called the ordeal. You know, um, I don't know if you remember, but when arriving on Magratea or before arriving on Magratea, they get bombarded with missiles and, you know, barely make it onto the planet alive. And, you know, the group... Everyone except Arthur goes to explore the planet and Arthur and Marvin are left alone to guard the Heart of Gold. And, you know, that's when he meets Latibatfas, which is a great name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And for being so brave and going on to this journey, uh, now we reach step nine, which is reward and, or seizing the sword. And the reward that Arthur gets is finding out that, you know, Earth obviously was... A supercomputer, which was designed to answer the question about life, the universe, and everything. And yes. he also learns that there's a plan to rebuild the Earth. So his reward is, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I have a chance to return to my normal life. Then we have the road back. And that's just, you know, Arthur's happiness that he can finally go back home. But then things take a turn for the worse. Always, they always do. They always do. Mm -hmm. And 
Then we have step 11, which is the resurrection. And in the book, that's when the group finds back together and they must flee Magratea because Arthur's life is in danger. Uh, should I go into more detail why his life is in danger? I mean, we have spoiled everything about the Yeah, okay. <laughs> then we have step 11. We learn that Arthur's life is in danger because the, the answer to life, the universe and everything else also lies in his brain. Well, they ask us of the original question, who built Earth and the supercomputer to answer it. They have the idea that maybe they don't have to rebuild another Earth because that would cost a lot of money. And also they would have to wait for the supercomputer to actually find out, you know, have make its calculations. They think, huh, maybe the answer is in Arthur's brain. So they want to remove his brain. And uh, Arthur is not that, you know, he doesn't want that because obviously without a brain, would have thunk? you die. That's bad. And, you know, they also must flee from police officers chasing Seyford because... As you remember, he stole the heart of gold. So that's the, you know, that's the, that's the step called resurrection. All right. <laughs> and after that comes the last step, return with the Alexa, it's called, that's step 12. And, you know, obviously at the end, the crew makes it back to the heart of gold and all is well. And they decide to get something to eat at the restaurant at the end of the world. And, you know, normally yes. this would be where the hero comes back home. But since Earth is still gone and there is no home for Arthur Dent, you know, we get introduced to his new normal. And obviously that makes sense because it's the setup for the sequels. You know, there are five books in the Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy um, yeah. series and it wouldn't make sense if at the end of every book he just goes back home. True. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely true. There always needs to be some room for whatever comes next. Yeah. And if that's nothing, then there doesn't have to be room. Um, and also, like, the space restaurant at the end of the world is just, you know, basically like the beginning when he went to the bar with his friend. Yeah, basically, you know, that's... It's just It, it just comes full circle, like the circle. Yeah, because read. it's a circle. Yeah, not bad. You got it. Yeah, you got I did. It. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah, so that's, um, it was the first time I actually took a story and analyzed it with uh, a hero's journey with a story circle, as it's also called this version of a, a hero's journey. And it's really interesting. I really like doing this because, you know, it's just, it's just so on the point. True. Absolutely true. I'm, I'm actually even more interested in some stories that are definitely not even close to Hero's Journey. I guess I should do some research on that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, important to note is even though these stories follow a similar pattern, I don't think that makes them the same. I think it's, like I said, it's a framework, but uh, what makes a story for me is the characters and the setting and these things make stories unique. So I don't think... I mean, narratively, every story has a beginning, a middle, and an ending. And that doesn't mean they're the same. It's True. just how it's presented on the outside, you know, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, it just it just happens, you know, yeah, except for happens. maybe, like, short stories or, or, like, similar 
ways of writing a story. Yeah, um, although short stories can also, a lot of short stories follow this pattern, but... Um, like the hero's journey or the beginning, middle and end? Uh, the hero's journey. And obviously okay. beginning, middle and end. I don't think you can write a story without the beginning, middle and end. Theoretically not, you're right, but... The way I was told to write a short story is to just skip the beginning, to do no introduction whatsoever and just start in the middle of a story. Okay, 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 okay. So, you know? Yeah, maybe, maybe. And for that reason as well, I'm pretty sure that there's stuff that's definitely not Hero's Journey. Okay. I'm wondering if you... Uh, if you find something that definitely isn't based on the hero's journey, I would like to know. Because I, I would still like to try to maybe make it fit the pattern. So let me, let me do that real quick and we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, what movies do not have the hero's journey? Five films that play out the monomyth. Yeah, oh, all right, but I didn't ask for that. I asked for the other one. <laughs> Great. Uh, so monomyth structure. Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Hunger Games, Percy Jackson, Maze Runner, Star Wars, Wizard of Oz, Avatar, Tron, The Chronicles of Narnia, Pan's Labyrinth. Oof. Every every book uh, or story ever written, basically. Basically, yeah, the, the big <laughs> Almost, ones. yeah. Um, do not have the... Uh, do all movies follow the hero's journey? No, the plot... Structure becomes apparent in some capacity in nearly every movie you watch. Even if the stages don't play out in the exact same order as they are listed, they are still present. All right, yeah, that's accurate. But ah, what are your favorite movies that do not use the hero's journey? The Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> I do not know the Star Wars Holiday Special. It's, it's garbage, crap garbage. Okay. I've only watched YouTube videos about it, but the consensus, it's, it's garbage. Should we also mention that we are not, uh, well, I am not an expert on the, um, <laughs> you know, on the uh, hero's journey and people that are interested should probably read one of the books made by much smarter people that go into much more details. Yes. And you can just, you know, sprinkle that in somewhere when I say something dumb. I will, I will. <laughs> um, the Big Lebowski. In fact, almost nothing about the dude <gasps> changes. He just keeps rolling and bowling. Yeah, I guess oh it's God. it's mostly about people who just don't change. Yeah. Who just yeah. stand their ground and stay the exact same throughout the whole movie and it somehow works out or doesn't. You know, that's one of my favorite movies. I can't believe I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nightcrawler uh, is unique in that it's an anti-hero's journey, kind of an inverse of the tried and true formula. Ooh, that sounds interesting. He begins as one thing and undergoes a transformation to become exceptional at something. It's just that something, rather than fighting for something noble like freedom or love, is rather a terrible thing. Yeah, all right, but that's still a hero's journey, you know? I'm on Reddit now, by the way. <laughs> I'm going down the, the rabbit hole. Oh no. oh, no. Speaking of rabbit hole, how about um, um, Alice in Wonderland? From the, from the top of our heads, is Alice in Wonderland a hero's journey? Uh, I've never watched it. 
Lewis Carroll's Alice in Wonderland. I think it is because Alice just lives her normal life, then follows a white rabbit, which is basically the um, the mentor, and into a rabbit hole, wakes up on the other side, um, hesitates to drink like the make her tiny potion. <laughs> I'm just I'm just speculating by now because I haven't watched the movie either in a long time. <laughs> but I think Alice in Wonderland is at least partly hero's journey. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's I think that's fine too, you know, just using part of a hero's journey maybe to set up your story and then you can just go crazy in the middle. Oh yeah, he did. He did. Lewis Carroll always went crazy and I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Never read Alice in Wonderland. Maybe I should. Oh yeah, you should. It's a classic. Definitely a classic. Okay. 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 Someone says pretty much any biopic isn't a hero's journey. Forrest Gump-esque films as well. Romance films, film noir, sports stuff. Mostly non-hero's journey narratives. Uh, like The Thin Red Line, Network, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, Chinatown, yeah. Runaway Train, Jojimbo, Badlands, In the Heat of the Night, Tree of Life, Ordinary People and Brokeback mm -hmm. Mountain. Mm. So many movies I don't know. This is, by the way, from Reddit, r slash movies. Uh, um, 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 the thread is called, what are your favorite movies that do not use the? Yeah. We're just going to link it. Probably. <laughs> We're going to link it, yeah. Giraffa said that six years ago. I stole from oh, them. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for your contribution. Contribution? <laughs> Contribution? <laughs> Contri contribution? Yeah. Yeah. Very good. We're obviously not native speakers, but I think we're doing just fine. Yeah, me too. I think we're fine. Yeah. Anyone where a stranger comes to town. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I think we have some stuff that is not a hero's journey. I read somewhere that in order to transform to a different self, a hero must basically die. Ooh. Like not... Literally, but figuratively, you know, yeah. like his former self or their former self must completely perish in order to make room for a new and improved self. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think that's 100% true because like when you talk about uh, the, the main character has to die, the hero has to die, the part of him that doubts himself, that is afraid, that part has to die because if the hero doesn't face his fears, then how would he be able to beat the big bad at the end and make it back home? That's what has to happen. Obviously, there are also stories where the main character literally dies, but uh, I think generally <laughs> it's more of a metaphysical death than a bodily one. I think that's yeah. really important, though, for every story that we have a character overcoming his fear. Yeah. And that's basically, like, a tiny death. It's a I tiny can, death. I, I can see that. A part of you dies. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what's meant by a uh, main character has to die. Yeah. Sometimes it's the good parts, sometimes it's the bad parts, sometimes it's just the, the parts that held you back. Yeah. Obviously. But sometimes it's the part that made you human, you know? Yeah, obviously, because uh, maybe you have an anti-hero. And so his goals and his ideals may not be that great. But maybe the part of himself that plays by the rules has to die to bring down a corrupt system. Right, yeah. exactly. And that is 
one of the ways that a hero's journey can vary so much. Yeah, exactly. Because hero is, uh, you know, you don't have to have a knight with a sword. You know, not uh, the story can be in any age, in any time, with any amount of crazy characters. It's really just a framework. You can do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. You can leave some parts out, you can maybe add a few more steps, you don't have to return at the end to your home, you can set up a sequel, that's not in the hero's journey. Joseph Campbell didn't say, yeah, okay, step 13, set up a sequel, no, that was the idea of uh, the good old, what's the name of the guy who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide? Douglas Adams. Right, Sorry. right, that guy, the guy Sorry. that you Sorry. love yeah, that so guy, much that guy. and forget yeah, yeah. The, forgot the name of. I love him, but... Uh... <laughs> Brain bad, brain bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think the next question you already answered, kind of, but I still want to ask you, do you actually believe in the title? Is every story essentially the same? And are different stories than the hero's journey automatically bad? That's a good question. I don't think maybe it's more about Westerns stories uh, that follow the structure I, I mean obviously I I didn't go that much into detail in my preparations I have to be honest but I think that's probably a western thing I think western stories are because I know there are other forms of telling stories like the Japanese have something called wait I have to google it that's interesting because that's what's happening in one piece right now I should have written that down <laughs> Because um, in One Piece, I love One Piece, and the arc that's happening right now is following Japanese five-act structure for stage plays. Ah. You know, so obviously other cultures have other ways of telling stories. So obviously, if your story doesn't follow the hero's journey, it's not bad, it's not worse or better. It's just a different way of telling a story. And, you know, there are different templates for stories so one is not better than the other it just has to fit the particular story you want to tell and that's what makes it good or bad okay interesting good answer yeah thank you i made it myself with my <laughs> brain <laughs> proud so how about anti-heroes we already grazed that topic but yes <laughs> you know um, the first thing I think of when I think anti-hero, because it's so recent, is just the Deadpool franchise. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, of course you did, because it's so recent. Everyone's mind just yeah. goes to Deadpool. And I think, yeah. we, you know, what from, from what you said about anti-heroes, you said that anti-heroes do the same thing, like they leave behind their old life, they die a little inside. And then they just <laughs> change their life in order to do something. And, yeah. you know, it, it sounds like Hero's Journey. Do you confirm? Yeah, <laughs> doesn't it? It does sound like Hero's Journey. I think uh, there are probably a lot of writers' workshops in Hollywood would basically just say, just follow the circle. And, you know, that's what people are expecting from the stories. That's also something to consider because we as movie watchers, we... I think we wouldn't be as satisfied with a story if it deviated too much from the norm. Maybe we would because we are writers and we want to have something a little bit more different. But I think the average movie watcher would be very confused if suddenly maybe a big part of a 
story circle wasn't in the movie or it had a very different structure. So I think that's also something to consider. See, now that I think about it, I, I actually, I think I've seen like maybe five movies in my time that weren't built like the hero's journey. And I actually yeah. found them kind of refreshing because they weren't that predictable. Yeah, that's uh, something to consider. Like I said, you know, because it is the same structure again and again uh, to the point where George Lucas didn't even realize he was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so ingrained in the story. Uh, it's also limiting. It's also limiting in your ability to create interesting stories. Right, that's right. For it sure. definitely is. And the thing with like writing books and stuff and making new movies, we live in a time where everything has already been done. It's basically impossible to, to invent something. Yeah, but I think the best um, new stories are remixes of... Exactly. Where everything is a remix, Yeah. if you think about it. I don't think there is one original story left to tell. Maybe... 5,000 years ago, some caveman was like Uga Booga, and then that was amazing and new and refreshing. But ever since then, we've just been kind of recycling and mixing and meshing exactly. different story ideas. And that's, I think that's a great thing because when humans use their brains to remix something and make something new out of that, maybe they get someone else's taste than the initial yeah, exactly. parts of that remix could have reached, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 sad and also beautiful that there's nothing new in this world. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it takes away some of the uh, fear maybe of starting to write because you don't have to be original. No one's original. Everyone's just copying each other and I think that makes it easier for you to start writing. That's absolutely true, yeah. Yeah. But you need to get your head around that. Yeah, you have to actually write. Yes, that too. <laughs> That's the hard part. Yeah. And I think the, the, the difficult part. part, the most difficult part for like perfectionists and stuff is that you want to do something new and revolutionary, but there's just no way. Yeah. Though just, you know, do whatever you want. Yeah. Do what floats freeing, your boat. Art yeah. is subjective. Lies in the, in the, you know, in the eye, eye of, of the beholder. beholder. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I forgot, <laughs> no forgot my line there. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's just it. It's completely subjective. And that's what I love about it. Yeah, it would be boring if every everything was the same. You know, that's why the story circle leaves so much room for, like I said, characters and setting, yeah. you know. Exactly, like you, you could use like the exact same template, but do one of them in medieval, like, I don't know what fantasy setting and the other one in like um, the deep sea yeah. or something. And it's completely different, even though it follows the exact same outline. Yeah, that's... Basically what you have been trying to tell me all this time. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... That was a good talk. Yeah, yeah. I have one more question, yeah. though. Of course. Is it applicable to most short stories, too? Well, it depends on the short story, because, you know, it's like saying, is this applicable to every 
movie. Like obviously you said there were some movies in your life that didn't follow the hero story, but most of them did. And depending on the way you write your short story, it is or it isn't, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was basically a dumb question, but I like dumb questions <laughs> sometimes because they make That's you think. That's fine. I like, I like uh, giving dumb answers. So I think. Yeah. Yeah. That works. It's all good. <laughs> okay. I think we're done here. Yeah. I have yes. someone to recommend, an artist. Ooh, Are you excited? I am excited. I am excited too. So today I would like to recommend Lee Writes, who is on Instagram and has amazing tips and prompts for writers. That is L-E-E-W-R-I-T-E-S-S. And with this, thank you so much for listening and we will hear you next time. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, when we are ready, uh, count down from three and then we both clap our hands, okay? Wait, so on have... one or after one? Three, two, one, and then clap. Okay. You can start <laughs> when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> three, two, one. Okay, did you clap? I didn't hear a clap. I did clap. Okay. You should have heard I, it. I Alrighty. believe you. Okay, so we're synced. Yes, we're synced. Audio levels are normal. Yes. It's yes. going good. It's going great. This is an amazing <laughs> podcast already. I'm loving it. Okay. Um, hi. <laughs>